Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you for joining us today and welcome back. Hey, welcome back. It's been a minute, but we are back. Uh, For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table, discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. That's right. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Aaron, you are bringing us back to the table. We're back. What have you brought for us? to talk about today. Uh, I am bringing a documentary called Class Dismissed, uh, which is not to be confused with our podcast description that says classes in session. That's right. So, um, yeah, Wait, this isn't the end of the episode, folks. If yes. you're just getting started, oh, I know gosh. it's been a couple weeks, but wow. everything, we're, ju- we're just kicking it off again. The All jokes. Right? Um, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> uh, so this is about political, economic, and cultural class. Yes. Uh, and it's about the ways that television reinforces our societal stereotypes and thinking about class. This documentary is from 2005, uh, and it's based on a book by Pepe Lesteina, uh, who was a professor of applied linguistics at UMass Boston. Um, and does some really great interviews throughout the, yes, the documentary. Absolutely. Uh, the analysis of the, in this film is so it's great throughout, uh, and they bring in a variety of people to talk about a wide range of identities and experiences and how uh, those things intersect with class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since the film is from 2005, some of the examples are a little bit dated. Yeah. Um, and they walk through like sort of a history of television. Yeah. Almost. Like they go back to like, early, early days, like um, black and white TV. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. Um, Beverly Hillbillies. That's yes. what I was trying to think of. And, yes. and, and then, you know, through the seventies and uh, Archie Bunker and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Um, all the way up to the two thousands. I mean, yeah, all the way up yeah, to they the were, film. Yeah. Yeah. They show some examples of things that were current um, at the time. Like King of Queens, I think was yep. on there. Roseanne was on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a few things from like late '90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, early not aught, um, wow, decade, <laughs> yes, whatever, whatever that <laughs> should have been called. Um, shaking the rust off, folks. Yes, uh, but so the analysis I think still lines up a lot with what we can see on TV and streaming sites today, though. Absolutely. Um, and a big part of it is that we generally don't mention class at all, um, you know, in in media, but also in sort of conversation in life in in the u.s um and when it is mentioned it's usually from a limited perspective Uh, so it's great to watch um something that makes you think about that um and and one of the early points in the documentary is that this it pushes us to consider how our entertainment shakes shapes our thinking right um but yeah, so what, what did you think of it? Where, where do you want to start? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I agree. I think this is definitely a great watch and it's just a great documentary. And I think, you know, we spent some time uh, when you were, when you brought this to me, we watched the trailer to make sure that it was still relevant given that, you know, it was, it came out in 2005. But yeah. as you said, the, the analysis I think still applies today, right? There's mm-hmm. still a lot um, of relevance to everything we're still experiencing to this day presented in this film. So I think both from a television perspective um, and also in our daily lives and our culture and our lived experiences, right? And so I definitely encourage people to check this film out. If folks want to check it out, we should mention again, remind folks, I think we did this when we introduced it, but mm-hmm. you can find it on Canopy, yep. uh, which is just a really great app, I think, to have in your library. There's lots of incredible films in this app. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're excited to see what else we can find from it. Yeah, and you can connect your library card. That's to right. It. Um, but uh, are, you, are you? You haven't done no, that, right? So no, you? Yeah. I'm using. I'm using my my work email. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, um, it's so yeah, you can connect your local library card, and yes. lots of local libraries are subscribed to this service, and um, they've got you know ton of documentary films, but also lots of um, movies and, and oh, other things right. to watch. Too. That's right. That's right. I was thinking for our purpose, but yes, there's yeah. lots of movies lots out of, there. Yeah. Um, uh, to start though, I think one of the things I really appreciate in this documentary, and I, and I like when films like this one do this, uh, was sort of early on, it provides a conceptual framework and a definition of class, Yes. right? Which I think is incredibly important so that we're all operating with some common understanding, right? And so uh, the film featured, or this part of the film featured Barbara Ehrenreich, who is an author and political activist, uh, and Pepe, uh, who you mentioned earlier, they provided some great information and context on the framework for and the dimensions of class that I thought it was important that we sort of talk about here, right? That we mm -hmm. share. So there's economic class, which is your income, your accumulated wealth. There's political class, which is the power one has to influence sort of the political process, the public process in our society. And then there's cultural class, which includes things like your education, your taste, your lifestyle, you know, sort of this idea of cultural capital, right? That mm -hmm. a person has. And one of the points that Pepe makes about the dimensions of class that I think is so important to recognize is that these things are sort of always in flux for a person yeah. and for a society. And so therefore, so is the definition of class, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the other, one of the other in incredible people that this film featured was our friend Robin D.G. Kelly. Uh, if you're listening, come on the show. Uh, <laughs> he went on to sort of expand on that notion, right? One yeah. of the central arguments he made was to talk about the concept of capitalism. And I think it's easy to recognize, and we've talked about this here on the show before, right? That when you think about capitalism, it's easy to see how class can and, and has shifted and changed over time, right? So um, there was some just really great context from this film that is still so important and so relevant to today, right? Yeah, and I think um, you talked about they jump in with a conceptual framework in defining the different elements of class, class early yeah. on, which I think is so important because we don't generally have that sort of definition of things because yeah. um, we don't talk about it right. at all. And so we think about class only in that way, and I think we'll actually talk about this today, Um the way that class, the definition of class has evolved over time right. to simply mean like what your paycheck looks like and how yeah. much is in your bank account and the kinds of things you have in your, uh, whatever, wherever you call home. Right. Uh, me and that being all of what class is. Um, and so it's nice for them to define that and, and get. Yeah. And that was yeah. such more of a sort of thorough definition, right. Mm -hmm. and, and context for yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another thing that stuck out to me was this, this concept that, it's um, or uh, it's about how class sort of disappeared um, oh, yeah. and, and is no longer really present in the media. Right, um, and it's connected to the McCarthy era, um, which was, if you if you know much about it, rabidly rabidly anti-communist. Yes, uh, and they took that view as broadly as they could. So they applied it to anything that could be even remotely seen as communist, which means they applied it to. Uh, labor unions, yes, uh, which 
created a backlash against organized labor. And that's then seen in the way that media is produced um, and that those kinds of working class dis- depictions, which had been seen in the earlier days of television, disappear yes. uh, and, and mold into something else. Uh, and we can see that influence, I think, through to today where class has been shaped into the things you have, right? Like I said, or yep. um, you know what you have in your bank account rather than about power and access you have to yes. political structures or um, things like that. Yes. Um, and then there's also, they talk about this, the way that TV sort of merged more with advertising mm. um, to create this idea about how class is the products you buy and what kinds of material things you have and yes. what, what you can buy for your home. So it's vilifying this idea kind of uh, of the way that we can understand how we're connected through shared class experiences yes. across the structure of our economy in favor of us trying to chase being content with the stuff that we have yep. um, and, and the ways that that plays out for us individually, right? Like it's a, yeah. it's sort of a, a, a process of individualizing us and separating us from each other in terms of thinking about how we have shared class experiences, even if it's, um, you know, in different positions or, or have different access to stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the, that's, that's definitely the analysis of this. And one of the things you said was talking about sort of how TV and the shows and the media shifted to, mm-hmm. uh, or combined with advertising. And I think it's fascinating to think about, I, I can't remember which film it was, but it talked about, you know, the, the matriarch of the house and what vacuum cleaner she was using in certain yeah. scenes. Right. And, you know, folks sat at home and watched that and thought, well, I need that vacuum cleaner. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, I, I guess I had never really thought about that when I, you know, that was like sort of an, an interesting concept to sort of see when I think of advertising and sort of capitalism and consumerism, I think of commercials maybe, right? Like true yeah. commercials or, 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 you know, back in the day radio ads, but that absolutely is an advertisement in, you know, mm-hmm. um, situated within the context of a TV show or media. Yeah. Well, and we, I think it happens so frequently now that we don't notice it as much, <laughs> yes, right? Like yes. the, um, it did give me pause. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think about all the ways that, um, I see like Apple products show up in a TV show Yes, and sometimes it's, you know, uh, blatant and sometimes they've tried to hide that it's an Apple product. You're yes. like, well, yeah, but, but, that, but I know. look at that industrial design. <laughs> that's a, that's a MacBook. That MacBook um, that I have sitting right yeah. here too. Yeah, uh-huh. I know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I, th- that's an interesting thing thing to maybe think about too is like was the impact of that bigger when that concept was sort of introduced of like prominently displaying that this is a hoover vacuum or whatever it was i don't remember um, versus what we now yeah now it's like everybody's I don't, we just sort of expect it. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the Starbucks yeah. cup in the Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Accident yeah. or not. Yeah. yeah. No, that so yeah, that's a that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. I thought I mean I think every point you made there was was really great. It's it was really interesting to see um how this film pointed out and, and recognized and the and the promotion of class changing over time, mm-hmm. right? Um one of the things I, I can't remember who was talking about this, but uh, that whole conversation, that section of the film just made me think of my family. And back in the day, mm. you know, there was this, there's this saying, it still exists, right? Like this idea of keeping up with the Joneses, right? right? And, and, and so much of that absolutely has to do with how the media has influenced what is 
this is maybe the wrong way to say this, like truly important in our society, right? Or what yeah. is valued and what is not, right? And where you need to be in a certain situation or in your class. Um, and so all, I think all of that was a really great point. And I think it connects so well to another central point of this film, such great points in this film around the working class in this country, right? And that mm. so many people in this country, in fact, the majority of people in this country, right, are working class people, right? right. And, and whether or not they identify with that label, that moniker, right, um, is another topic of discussion in the film. But it means we have so many people in this country who are working more than one job to make ends meet, right? And the mm -hmm. film talks about this and that still exists today. And people have to, to work more than one job to sort of keep up, right? Keep up with the Joneses, keep up with society, keep up with the, the harsh and often unrealistic, I think, capitalist demands that this society has of us, right? right? Or just to be able to survive, right? And you know, that was the case when this film was made and but it still applies today, right? It has such an impact on our lived experiences um, and beyond, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of that is we have to keep up with, uh, you know, rising price and cost yes. of things. Yep, that too. And wages that haven't grown to keep up with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. There's um, somebody shared online um, a job posting from uh, 14 years ago. Okay. And they had they had saved it. They were applying, they were doing a job search process and that was part of their documentation that they saved the job posting that okay. had salary range of 30,000 to $40,000. Okay. Um, the salary, that job, job, same department, same institution was just reposted like recently. Oh boy. The, the, um, salary it listed was like 34 to 42. Wow. 14 years later, 14 years later. And, um, you know, thirty thousand. The low end of that um, range, fourteen years ahead now. So two thousand nine dollars, thirty thousand dollars, right? Uh, twenty twenty three dollars uh, is forty two thousand dollars and change. Mm -hmm. So the lower, the low end of that range should now be forty two thousand dollars, but it's not. It's like I forget what it was, but it right. was it was. 32 or 40 or uh, 32 or 34 or something like that. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we have to keep up because our jobs aren't keeping up. Absolutely. Um, the cost of living. And exactly. The, the cost of just trying to exist. Absolutely. Um, and so wow. kind of connected to this kind of not was this idea of um, the myth and ideology of social mobility, yes. uh, which was described by Stanley Aronowitz. Um, so back before the 1980s, uh, he mentioned this uh, statistic that 25% of the working class um, could move beyond their class origins into a professional or managerial position or class wow. status, right? Um, and so this amount of social mobility, 25%, not, not a ton. It's not an overwhelming amount. It's no. not a majority, not close. Um, that was enough to create a mythology and an ideology. Uh, and so I'm paraphrasing him here. The ideology is that anyone can move beyond their class origins. And the mythology was that it was up to the individual's efforts to do so. Mm. It was a personal question, Yes, what he said. Um which obviously doesn't match up to the experiences of people in all. the structures of capitalism in the U.S. It doesn't 
uh, acknowledge the structures of the economy and the structures of of the economic system of capitalism, particularly the United States brand of it. Um, and so, you know, we don't talk about the stringent class stratifications we have, uh, as the film says. Um, you know, they mentioned this. Um, we either want to believe that we are a society without classes um, or we're all middle class. Right. Um, and sometimes we want to say those things in the same paragraph that we're both classless and we're all middle class, which is why we're classless, which doesn't, you know, uh, square. No. Um, but the reality is class influences so much of our experiences. And, you know, I think about the ways that our neighborhoods and cities are still very segregated in terms of race, but also in terms of class. Absolutely. Uh, Some of the depictions of like working class um, people on TV in the old days, like would not exist now um, because like working class people don't live next to wealthy people. Right. In general. Um, But our neighborhoods, so the segregation exists so much that our zip codes predict a lot of information yes. about how our lives will turn out, uh, including average income levels, incarceration rates, marriage rates, and a whole lot more. Um, there's a big study done about this. I don't remember when. Relatively recently. Um, you can find it at Opportunity Atlas um, is the name of the project. And you okay. can type your zip code and look up different elements of wow. um, statistics of what happens to people in that in that zip code. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So yeah, I, that, that part of the film was really fascinating to me too. I think there's, I think there's such great connections between everything you've talked about today, right? This idea of, uh, not idea, McCarthyism, right? Um, media backlashes to labor unions, right? The, the, the myth of social mobility, the power of us capitalism, right? Like there's such great connections between all of that. Um, that is at play when we're talking about and thinking about class mm-hmm. in this in this country. Um, I also want to mention the other thing that this film points out, which is how certain politicians and the corporate elite, who we've seen over the years, are often collide colluding, I should say, mm-hmm. outside of their outside of our collective best interest, right? Um, and how they sort of initiated this idea of class warfare, right? And this idea yeah. of talking about class as this negative thing. I mean, some someone in the film said that. You know, the, the class was even seen by some of those politicians as as a dirty word, right? Mm-hmm. And so this film does such a great job in pointing out how when you have all of these forces working together, everything you sort of talked about um, as well, right? It's easy how to see how all of this has happened, right? And where we are in terms of how we think about and talk about class, right? And, yeah. and, and I particularly um, think the, the notion of, um, the conditions in which people find themselves in, and and I love the the mention of opera- that 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 platform. I think we should promote that. Um, it's easy to see how we're there, given all of those mm-hmm. forces, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the um, one of the examples with it was a political campaign. Yes, the um, that they shared um, talking about um, a reaction to somebody bringing up class and and calling mm-hmm. that class warfare. Um, and it was something about like, I don't know. It was a program about like helping working people. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's class warfare. Um, all right. So, well, this feels like a good spot to, to talk about application. Okay. Um, how does this documentary apply in our day-to-day lives? Um, I think 
This documentary is a really fantastic example of having a critical eye for the seemingly ordinary or mundane stuff around you. Yes. Um, you know, thinking about what the narrative is that's being pushed by a reality TV series, which we take as just like, you know, um, entertainment. Yes. Like purely for the sake of entertainment. Um, but that's that's entertainment that's being produced. And there is a message behind it, even if we can't see it. Absolutely. Um, you know, how are these media companies shaping the story of class or race or immigration? Uh, I think there are some great examples of current events going on right now with the strikes of the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild and and the new contract negotiation for UPS um, that avoided a strike. Um, and so, you know, while this is obviously not reality TV or, or entertainment, I think we have to be cognizant of the tone these stories have. Um, what's the subtext of the way that it's reported yes. and who owns the companies who are producing the story and who benefits from the way that the story is being told. Um, Cause a lot of these, uh, um, what are they called? Places that produce uh, yeah. media TV. production houses, yeah, media the studios, company, the studios, studios yeah. that's the word. Yeah. Woo. Um, it's been a long day. Apparently um, the studios are, co-owned by media companies who are producing news media. Absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, following those threads, I think, is important, too. Um, and this documentary gives us some really great examples of ways to critically analyze media to read into the messaging of that media and, and make meaning for it for yourself. Absolutely. Those are really great questions, right? I think for all of us to sort of think about, to be reminded of in terms of how important it is, I think, to be critical about what it is that we consume in our day-to-day mm -hmm. -day lives, right? Yeah. And so I really appreciate those questions, that application. Um, I think that's great. When I was trying to think about application, I was struck right away by sort of how this film opens. Mm -hmm. There's a the, literally the first few words <laughs> uh, got me and I, and I jotted them down. So it says the film opens by saying this, while television has provided a comfortable home for the middle class for over 50 years, many of its most memorable characters have been working class. While producers say that television is meant to entertain and not to educate blue collar shows have undeniably played a pivotal role in shaping our perceptions of working class people. But because we see television as just entertainment, we readily disregard its impact on our thinking. It's precisely because we believe television is merely entertainment that we need to take its image of the working class seriously. Right. And so that connects to what you just talked about. I thought that was a really great opening quote from this film. Yeah. Right. And it's absolutely the application of it for me. Um, and, it, and I think, again, it connects so beautifully to the questions that you asked, I think. Um, the other piece of application from this film that's, I think, connected to that quote, you know, and we really don't, we didn't talk about this too much, I think, um, but the film addresses it, is the idea of the intersectionality between class and insert whatever you want to insert here, right? And so, you know, the film talks about how class and race are portrayed in the TV and media, right? How class and sexual orientation are portrayed, right? The, one of the films, mm -hmm. was, uh, the TV shows was Will and Grace, yeah, right? Um, how class and gender are portrayed, right? And so on and so forth. And so, you know, I think that opening quote from the film, um, alongside thinking about the intersectionality of our lived experiences and the ways in which they're portrayed in media uh, and all of your incredible questions, right, are just, you know, important for us to keep in mind when we're talking about class, when we're thinking about our society. Um, it's it's so important. Yeah. 
It really is. And I think this, it's such a, um, the documentary was so good at like yeah. being really eye opening yes. to, to recognizing how all of that is working. Right. And I'm so glad we, we, we brought it here. Right. Yep. And it, you know, even though it's from 2005, <clears throat> that the application is still relevant. Today. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about homework. Uh, how will we continue to learn about this beyond our conversation today? There's some great interviews from people in this film, yes. um, including Pepe Lestina, Robin D.G. Kelly, who yes. we mentioned, Herman Gray, mm-hmm. uh, Susan Douglas, Michael Zwig, Barbara Ehrenreich, uh, you mentioned earlier too, and yeah. a lot more. Um, so I think my homework is just to try to narrow down that list at some point in the next few days uh, to learn more from one of these great people, whether that's a book or a film or an interview or something. Um, I, the analysis in the film, I think, was so good that I want oh, yeah. I just want to learn more from the folks who um, who were there and shared and, and um, you know, played a big role in creating creating it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. Such brilliant analysis from all those folks and mm-hmm. contributions to this really large conversation about class, right? Yeah. Wide ranging conversation about class in this film. And so uh, I'll be intrigued to see what research you come up with and maybe some of it can come to the table here, right? And we Perhaps, can talk about it. Yeah. Perhaps. I like it. Um, so I'll, I'll co-sign that. I also think part of my homework is just to do some more work to continue to learn more and explore and think about sort of the present day implications and and applications of class in our society, right? Like we've talked about some of that here, right? But this film clearly showed us that there's a lot more to learn, there's a lot more to think about. Um, and, you know, again, this is from 2005, right? And so there, I'm sure we could do a study on like looking at TV shows from 2005 till now and see yeah. sort of maybe where we've come, where we're going, what has changed, uh, what still stays the same, right? And so, uh, you know, I would just be intrigued to, con- to continue this kind of exploration in the way that this film provided yeah like what is um something like succession existing or billions yes these these shows that have um narratives that exist with these fictional ultra wealthy people like what is this what you know what are the messages in that right yeah Um, oh man i just we 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 both have watched succession i haven't actually oh you haven't okay Uh, well you should watch it uh and i am currently watching billions so Um, those are just the two that come to my mind of like super, super, super wealthy people being like front and center in the, in the show or in the, in the, whatever the narrative is. Um, all right, great. That's good stuff. Um, so, uh, this is where we wrap it up and, uh, you're up next time. Uh, so what are you bringing to the table in our next episode? Absolutely. Well, speaking of wealth, uh, Mm -hmm. for our next episode, I'm bringing a piece from in these times magazine to the table for us. Uh, Our friends over there published a piece called Corporate Greed is a Moral Crisis. Working people are fighting back. So it's interesting how these pieces connect. This Mm -hmm. piece connects to what we just talked about today. Uh, This piece was published just earlier this month here in August. I can't believe it's August. Uh, It was written by (laughs) Rosalind Pellis and William J. Barber II, uh, who are actually both with the Yale Divinity School's Center for Public Theology and Public Policy. Um, Barbara Barber is the founding director of the center and Pellis is a lecturer there in addition to her work as a labor organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited to read this piece. It highlights some of the organizing work and the strikes that have taken place this summer by, by workers in a variety of industries, right? Like you talked about SAG and um, the Writers Guild, right? Uh, it mentions those folks, but a whole lot more. You know, it talks about 
the fight against corporate greed mm-hmm. um, and certainly what could potentially and hopefully come from all of this organizing work, all of these strikes, uh, the work of unions at the moment. Um, and so I, I'm really excited to to check this piece out and kind of continue this conversation. I bet, you know, I'm sure we can bring in all that we've talked about today and what we've learned about with class in this too. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, William Barber um, picked up where Dr. King left off when he was killed yes. and restarted with a bunch of other folks, um, the Poor People's Campaign. Right. Um, in the last few years, um, <laughs> he restarted that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to read that and and uh, sort of think more about what has been dubbed by some folks the hot labor summer. Hot labor um, summer, yes. I, th- I know that the, the piece also quotes something that we retweeted from the Working Families Party around oh, the, yeah. the fourth leading cause of death uh, mm-hmm. in this country, right? Um, and so there's there's some connections to things that I know we've both seen and, and feel yeah. strongly about and are, are is just important to amplify and talk about. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'll get off my box now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, excited to, to continue that conversation and continue to learn. Yes. Um, all right. Well, with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for coming back here uh, after a couple of weeks off and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do here, but in case you forgot Please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with the people in your life. Follow us on social media. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, you know, all the places. Uh, Sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next time. 